0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. And we are here. It is a Wednesday. Edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, a day late, but definitely not a dollar short. SP3 Rick Uccino here with you guys for about the next 45 minutes or so. And once again, we got a whole lot to dive into today because the world of professional wrestling is hot. I said hot, damn it. We got two white hot storylines now in WWE surrounding Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes, and Roman Reigns is in the middle, and Paul Heyman might be the MVP of it all uh, with what he is able to do with both of these storylines now running congruently with one another. And my goodness, it it's almost a shame, SP3, because it feels like it's two dudes' time right now, but there's only one slot. And it's, oh, man, we, we will talk about it, because until Monday night, I kept hearing over and over and over again, the fans are going to turn on Cody, man. They're going to turn on Cody, man. They're going to turn on Cody, man. How are we feeling now after this past Monday? There's no story, SP3. There's no story between Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. How are we feeling now?
0: (laughs) This is why despite my feelings before the Royal Rumble of Cody not be, should it be the choice and stuff like that or the issues with a Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns as far as a result at WrestleMania, I was not one of those people who said the fans were going to turn on Cody Rose. I wasn't one of those people who said there wasn't any story there. There definitely is a story there. I had my faults about it, but I have no complaints on the road to on the buildup too. And I knew what the people involved, Cody Rose being a fantastic storyteller. You saw that on Monday, Paul Heyman making the most out of everything. Even some of those awful Brock Lesnar feuds of the of the 2010s of like you know the either the Goldberg feud which i loved mainly because of Paul Heyman's promo work and all the times Brock and Roman went at it when Roman was a baby face i still enjoyed some of it because of Paul Heyman and he knocked one out of the park again So I'm glad to be here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast to discuss it with Rick and all of y'all. It's been a long time. I should have never left you without a slow beat to step to. And we're all stepping on the road to WrestleMania.
1: The roads to WrestleMania. And honestly, the road to Elimination Chamber. Because, like, I'm looking at some of these matches that they're setting up for Elimination Chamber SP3. And I'm going... Well, then what the hell are we getting at WrestleMania? Because I'm feeling like some of these should be held off for a few more weeks. But I digress. We will get there. Uh, We finally did get our cage match between Becky Lynch and Bayley. And we had uh, a surprise assist. Uh, for for Miss Becky Lynch that allowed her to get the win on Monday. I'm still not sure how I feel about that, but we will definitely get there. And also the fact that we could be getting a huge six woman tag match at Elimination Chamber again. A lot going on uh, on February 18th that maybe should be going down on uh, April 1st or the third. Uh, or excuse me, the second. We got a huge announcement from New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact today. Eddie Kingston. Doing what he does best. He be talking. And the Young Bucks seemingly drawing attention to their expiring AEW contract situation. So we got a lot to get into today, as I said. But before we got dive into all of that, gotta thank our friends over at Bet Online. Big week. Big week, SP3, for our friends over at Bet Online. I, I think there's a game Sunday, right? I think there's a game. They may call it the big game. Uh, unfortunately, my team's not playing in it this year. But whatever. If you if you're gonna watch it, if you want to bet on it, Bet Online is the place for it. Plus, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, WWE, AEW, it's all there. Get the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends, live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport imaginable. BetOnline Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite leagues and events go to the website today or use your mobile device right now join up sign up receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit just use our promo code believe to get those rewards that is b-l-e-a-v betonline.ag where the game starts we appreciate everybody and, who is joined. yes go ahead
0: since we were on we were on sports we are been online uh little little call in. congratulations to a fellow ohioan with you yeah. Akron's own lebron james yeah. of the los angeles lakers my los angeles lakers you know setting the all-time scoring record uh one of the greatest players to ever play basketball for sure
1: uh yeah and uh now i don't think there's any debate i'm not the biggest nba guy but there's no debate uh the the all-time scorer in league history i mean he is definitely there, there's no to that. There's no denying anything that you just said. The man is absolutely spectacular. And uh yeah, the, the Lakers may suck, but LeBron is still good. And uh, I think they want they lost the game last night, too, didn't they? We, we
0: yeah, we lost. Oh god. I was like, I was like, man, you get way to get me excited and happy and then let me down. Shoot. Feel, feel like when I was a virgin in my first time. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs>
1: well we ain't gonna top that statement so so long folks has been believing pro wrestling brought to you by bet online now all right we do appreciate everybody who is tuning in today uh make sure to get your questions in your comments in as uh much as possible we'll try to get to them throughout the uh, entirety of the day what is going on frantic world and everybody else who is in the chat like i said uh there it's almost hard to pick based on where we're gonna start so we're just gonna kind of Mold a few topics together here for our lead story, and we'll go back to last Friday, uh, where Sami Zayn uh, came out to a thunderous pop. First time we had seen him since the Royal Rumble. We still haven't seen Jey Uso, we still haven't seen Kevin Owens. Uh, but Sami Zayn makes his presence known, he uh, attacks Roman Reigns with the chair again delivers one of the cleanest damn spears i have ever seen in my life didn't know Sami Zayn had that in him but he absolutely floored roman reigns and good for him uh for for taking that uh, like an absolute champ sammy hops on the mic and says roman i've never wanted anything from you until right now i want you in montreal for the uh, universal championship And he's going to get his opportunity. Then the bloodline swarms once again. Roman Reigns beats him down into the corner. Uh, And everybody, SP3, is all on board on this. They're hearing the reactions that Sami Zayn is getting. And everybody, all weekend long, man, again, I'm seeing things like you know they're going to turn on Cody Rhodes. He Cody Rhodes can't keep going out there and cutting these babyface promos and talking about how he has respect for Reign. They're going to turn on him. They're going to turn on... Ro- how can you not involve Sami Zayn in the main event of, of WrestleMania 39? And even I got swept up in it, right? Like, I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, if he keeps getting reactions like this, maybe, just maybe, the fans will have something to say here in the main event of WrestleMania 39. I don't necessarily... Think that's going to be the case now after what we saw on Monday. Because in the busyness of everything, yeah, like Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, the whole the whole bloodline the week prior after the, the Royal Rumble, they kind of glossed over the fact that Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. Barely mentioned it. Obviously, with Sami Zayn there. WWE smartly seeing all of the glowing comments for the Sami Zayn bloodline story, which they deserve all of them. It's been fantastic work. And they're going, you know, maybe we should get people excited about the, the prospect of Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Roman wasn't involved on Monday, but Paul Heyman was. And when Heyman and Rhodes got in the ring with one another and just, man, it was, it was one of the best promo segments I've ever seen. And it was and it was all based off of off of truth, off of real life situations. Where Cody Rhodes is getting on the mic and and talking about the respect that he has for Paul Heyman and thanking Paul Heyman for everything that he did for his family. By picking up Dusty Rhodes when he was at his absolute bottom and giving him his confidence back and giving him a job and, and just allowing him to be the American dream and helping his family when they needed them most. And you could tell Paul Heyman's a good actor. He's not that good of an actor. You could tell that Paul Heyman was feeling everything deep down inside. And then Heyman reciprocates with Cody Rhodes. And he says, look, the admiration that I have for your father, I don't have the words for it. I love dusty Rhodes." But then Paul Heyman does what he does best and he starts putting in those little digs here there about how yes he 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 loved you Cody but he didn't train you. He didn't get you ready for this moment. No, he got others ready for their moment. Dusty's kids, brought up Dusty's kids again, right? Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, and of course the big dog Roman Reigns. And then that dig at the end where he says that undoubtedly the last time he said that dusty ever said anything to paul Heyman, he says without question he said you were his favorite son sorry dustin uh you were his favorite son but roman reigns is the son i wish i had and god damn that is some cold-blooded shit to say to somebody that is just i was captivated with every word And then they got me at the end there. And then Cody's even Cody's response was just brilliant where he walks up to Heyman and he's like, all I was trying to do was win some titles, man. Now you fucked up and made it personal. SP3. I can't remember the last time that they have had two storylines that have just been. And I know this one is still very new with Cody and, uh, roman and Heyman and they could easily screw it up right but the the last time that they have had two high profile storylines like this surrounding the world championships where everybody is fully invested you got two white hot baby faces and they can seemingly do no wrong i can't remember the last time it's been like this heading into wrestlemania
0: Last time they had two red hot baby faces off the top of my head would be uh, Rockin' Austin at WrestleMania 17, and they were going up against each other. You yeah. didn't have an also red hot heel and a box office draw the level of Roman Reigns at that time. Now, I won't say that You know, you they have two red hot storylines like Rick is saying, because this is just they have a red hot promo that they're following up from, in my opinion. They haven't really, you know, fleshed out this whole Cody Paul Heyman, uh, you know, story and Cody's quest to become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at WrestleMania. This feels like the, the match, the, the the lighter being lit on a fuse that it can explode and get to that level where peer, people will be anticipating Cody Rose winning. But this promo right here, it was basically an AEW promo in a WWE ring. It was <laughs> it was using realism. The last promo exchange that I felt was on. This level was CM Punk and MJF in early 2022 or the or the or the end of 2021. And every time they went at it on the mic, you had those personal digs. You had stuff being you know pulled from reality, and it made people so invested into that storyline. That's what this promo felt like. And just Cody, as soon as Cody said, "I want to take you back to the year 2000," my brain, as you know, everybody says I'm the guy that remembers everything with Russ. I instantly knew what he was about to talk about. I was like, I remember being a fan of ECW, staying up to 1 a.m. on MSG and seeing Dusty Rhodes for the first time in ECW. It was like a shocker. I remember the episode of Hardcore TV when Joey Styles was like, Dusty Rose showed up at the building Steve Carino was talking trash And Dusty Rose showed up And they showed the footage of it And I was like whoa Dusty I haven't seen him Since they haphazardly had him Turn on WCW To side with the NWO back in 1998 So like to know the back end Of of where the Rose family was at And Dusty doing car dealership Commercials just to keep the car Not to make money And they had a till that was a hundred dollars and Paul Heyman called them up and paid him and paid him very well and he wanted to d- uh, thank him for that Cody bringing up the fact that they don't talk about it a lot and he, I like the fact he said that that before he came back here he was doing he was doing things and causing a little bit of trouble so from one disruptor to another what Paul Heyman did with ECW was really the predecessor to what happened with the Elite with creating AEW and he thanked him for that and then Paul Heyman just being PA- the master manipulator, the the guy that can take you on emotional highs and lows and bringing up the fact that your father, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, trained and prepped Becky Lynch. Your father, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, trained and prepped Seth Rollins. Your father, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, trained and prepped Bailey, trained and prepped Kevin Olin, trained and prepped for the highest degree possible. Rome Roman Reigns and then that final dig of he he told me in the last conversation you're his favorite son but the son he always wanted was Roman Reigns wow. oh Damn. It was it was perfect it was a mic drop moment and I love heyman dropping a mic and I love Cody's response of how it is true ever since he's come back everybody's tried to bring up his father and make it personal Seth Rollins and their few and now wow. you got you got hit then you had judgment day last week with their promo and then you had then you got Paul heyman here and all he's trying to do is win the champion all his goal has ever yeah. been since he came back is just win the title that his family has never been able to win. And then Paul Heyman wanted to make things personal. And now you have a clear direction of where to go and all the things they can bring up. I love, Um, there was a a couple of Twitter accounts that released an interview that Roman Reigns had during WrestleMania week last year, where he talked about Dusty Rhodes and only making $500 a, a week for FCW. And he cut a promo saying that he was a walking, talking, A Billion dollar check and he said Everybody around him looked at him Like he was he was crazy the only Person who believed every word he was Gonna he said was Dusty Rhodes I need that in a promo Exchange with Cody and Roman I need that type of stuff I need them playing off Of the history with Paul Heyman And Dusty Rhodes the history with Cody and and Roman The fact that the first crack in the Shield really came from the Rhodes Family back at Battlegrounds 2013, when Cody and Dustin beat Roman and Seth for the tag team titles. And the fact that he has history with both guys that will always have Roman's re- career connected to it. His history with Seth Rollins from last year and the fact that they can also bring up again your other the other guy that you're connected to, me and him helped create an option for other wrestlers out there outside yeah. of this company. They need to bring all of that up to make this feel real and make this feel hot. Make this feel as hot as Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns felt make the people want cody Rhodes to be the man that ends the the long title reign of roman reigns and then a guy like me who says that if cody wins it's about cody winning the championship then people will believe that it's about cody being the one to end this roman reigns championship that's the key that's the key that they have to do with this buildup is make it matter as much of Cody winning this for a championship and make it matter that Cody is ending this legendary reign for Roman Reigns. And then I won't have any excuse or any complaints coming out of WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. And it it, did the whole situation though, like this, everything that they set up, because what they needed to do on Monday was it, it was brilliant. They knew they needed to get people talking about Roman and Cody and get excited about that matchup. Just just for the simple fact that they didn't like they didn't want Sami Zayn to turn into the next Becky Lynch. They didn't want they didn't want a Sami Mania type moment with, with Kofi Kingston because that is not beneficial to them or their bottom line. They make no mistake about it. They want Sami Zayn to be successful. They want him to be white hot. They want him to be a top babyface on SmackDown. There's no doubt about that. But they could not let in this situation, if they had already hitched their wagon to Cody Rhodes, which they did because he won the Royal Rumble, they can't allow Sammy to get to the point where now we got to change hands. We because then you're taking two of your white hot baby faces and you're butting them head to head. And now you're making your audience pick between them. The difference, the reason why Brian Danielson got put in the main event. Nobody wanted to see Randy Orton or Batista win, right? The reason why Becky Lynch got put into that situation, the fans didn't have anybody to connect to. They, they, they tur- and we've argued about this and the timeline and everything. Like that. Bottom line, by the time the main event of WrestleMania 35 came along, you had Charlotte, who was a heel. You had Ronda, who was a heel. Becky got put in that situation because she was white hot. She was the one that the audience was invested in and wanted to see win. You have already a guy in Cody Rhodes who the audience has invested in. They still love this man. Any concerns about Sammy's meteoric rise, squashing him or having a negative return, a negative impact on his return, was squashed even before the Royal Rumble when they ran out of this man's merchandise at the superstore in San Antonio. This guy is making money for them. So is Sami Zayn. It's both of their times, but there's only one championship and it sucks. So you can't. You can't make this about Cody versus Sammy. So for Cody to also come out, and the one thing that we haven't said yet, for Cody to come out and say, I respect Sammy. I wish him all the best. Good luck. And if I got to face you at WrestleMania, so be it. Can't make it about Cody versus Sammy because nobody's going to win in that situation. WWE wants them both white hot. It sucks that there aren't two world titles because then you could crown both of these men in night one main event and night two main event and everybody would be happy but right now i'm thinking what you got a main event with sammy and and kevin owens against the usos for the undisputed tag team titles on night one of wrestlemania i think that's the direction you got to go in. yeah
0: that's gonna be in my opinion that's gonna be by far the better option than either of the women's championship matches like i i'm sorry for everybody that's very positive about rhea ripley picking charlotte flair i feel like wwe is still asking to turn both women uh, uh <laughs> they turn a thriving heel rhea ripley into a baby face and a freshly faced charlotte back into a heel even though I know there's people who are like, well, Charlotte Balloons has a heel. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but that ignores the fact that Rhea Ripley is really good and was stale as a babyface a year ago, but she's been thriving as a heel. And what are you going to do? Her, her, her split with Judgment Day or have Judgment Day turn turn babyface? Baby Either one of those options sounds bad for Judgment Day.
1: But you you, There's no way you can turn Dominic babyface right now. Exactly. He's a nuclear heat magnet. He's a
0: heat magnet for sure. And then with Oscar and and Bianca, which I'm hoping that's the direction because any other option in this elimination chamber then we're just yeah, we could just you could just say that that raw women's championship match sounds like a raw match, basically. But if it's Oscar and Bianca, yes, it's going to be a great matchup. But is it going to have a great build? When you're act, you're probably asking for the fans to turn on Bianca because everybody loves this new Oscar. Yeah, so that clan,
1: has yeah.
0: that has issues with it itself. So both women's option, I would love for the women to get a main event as well. Since it's a two night WrestleMania, whenever there's a two night WrestleMania, I always want the women to have the opportunity <laughs> to main event. Neither one of them are as hot, or gonna be as good as the Sammy and KO, and have that investment from the crowd, have that connection like it's gonna be, and especially with the Usos. Probably going into WrestleMania with a 500-plus day reign, and that can be finally broken up by the reunion of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, I believe that should be the main event of Night One, and then Night Two, you do Cody and Roman.
1: Yeah, um, I I agree. I I hate to agree with you, but I I am here because I am so I'm, and I'm not saying that you're not, but I'm I'm always like carrying the flag for more women's segments, more main event type level stuff. And I'm I'm with you 100%. We all saw how pissed I got two weeks ago when they cut the damn cage match, right? Like, I I am a flag bearer for women's wrestling. There's not going to be a story that's going to top Sammy and KO. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, there's a long time now, right? We got 50-plus days before WrestleMania. We still got a major premium live event. And then we got five weeks. And maybe the buildup between... Charlotte and Rhea gets to the point where, okay, that can main event. I just don't see it happening. I think Sammy's momentum is going to continue to ride, especially after he gets screwed over in Montreal. And then then we get the, the KO and Sammy reunion. And then them winning tag team gold, which by the way, I know everybody wants Sammy to win a world title, right? But how long have we been asking for Sammy and Kevin to be the tag team champions? That is also something that we have wanted for a very, very long time.
0: I, I've been for it for. I've been watching Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens team up with each other since two thousand and seven. <laughs> two thousand and seven. Since they came into the company, I've been wanting them to team up. I got so happy when Sami aligned with Kevin Owens in two thousand seventeen, and they were teaming into two thousand eighteen. And then they let me down with not oh. ever ever giving them a run with the SmackDown tag team title. So they can't let me down
1: again. I remember. The First time I ever talked to Sami Zayn, like very bluntly, right? Like I said to this man, and when are you all Kevin when, when are you Kevin Owens gonna win the damn tag team titles? Like, when is that gonna happen? And his response was just very, I feel like it has to happen one day, right? Like he even he felt it, right? He knew that they should have been tag team champions by this point. It's gonna happen. April first, mark it down. It's gonna happen. They will win the main event of WrestleMania night one. A lot of people in the comment section uh talking about how they're not on board uh with Rhea Ripley and and Charlotte Flair. Um I, come I,
0: aboard people. I'm I'm the leader of the bandwagon. Come aboard, come aboard, come aboard to the Triple H takes half court shots when he has open layups. Come on, come aboard. Hey, I thought we I
1: thought we agreed he at least stopped at the logo, right? Cuz nah, I mean, I mean the logo there. could be half court as well. <laughs> There's a story there. I feel like this is a win that Rhea Ripley desperately needs. Now, if Charlotte comes out on top again, okay, I'm going to blow my stack. But-,
0: but he didn't need it more than Oscar. Oscar, especially if Oscar wins this elimination chamber, I'm just going to be like, then why didn't she just go after Charlotte then? Why? What? What are we doing?
1: Yeah. What are we doing?
0: And if, especially if you're asking the fans to turn somebody, I'd rather them turn on on Charlotte. Just turn on Charlotte, and you they cheer for Asuka rather than turn on Rhea Ripley and make her a babyface, which is a part of the one of the best heel acts in the company.
1: Frantic World asking, "Hey Rick, if this match does happen at WrestleMania, are you going to watch the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match?" Well, I'm going to be there in person. So whatever the hell the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match is, whatever ridiculousness they make Bray Wyatt go through instead of letting this man just wrestle a match, uh I will 100% be there. And I will 100% be there for the moment that Cody Rhodes walks in to the post presser. Both world championships on his shoulders. He just accomplished his lifelong dream. And the first thing out of his mouth is well, I guess somebody's got to try this stuff, right? Like I i am going to be here for all of that in the cinnamon toast crunch match. Whatever the fuck that is <laughs> being. But they got a ton of money, SP3 from Mountain Dew for that pitch black. Uh, he milli- so. got a milli for that. So that's why we get these matches. So I can't blame them. I can't.
0: And thank, you. Them. Thank, thank you. Uh I think it's Dragon. Dragon Den. Thank Dragon you. Den. It, it's just, it's just like obvious. It's just obvious. Especially if it's Asuka versus Bianca Belair. It's like, dude, you should have swapped that idea. Like, what are we doing? We like we I don't won't. care. I don't care. Like, you can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can I can shit in the middle of my living room. And I can say, well, the bathroom door was locked. So that's why, you know, I had to shit in the middle of the living room. Just because it's a good story and a good reason to do something bad, it don't make it a good story. It's still a bad decision. You shouldn't shit in the middle of your living room. And you shouldn't have had Rhea Ripley pick Charlotte Flair over Bianca Belair.
1: Oh, my God. I love the analogy. Uh, I disagree with you, but I love and I, I'm, I'm and I'm in the minority on this one. But regardless, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at WrestleMania because we're talking about these women's matches. And then you have the, the, the tag team title match that's rumored, which is going to be uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus damage control. I think some other teams might get added and maybe some of these other ladies that uh, we're going to talk about here as we we transition into what we saw on Monday night which was finally SP3. We got that cage match that we were promised uh, 2 weeks ago at uh, at Raw Triple X and it was Becky Lynch who was victorious over Bailey. I think we kind of expected that Becky Lynch was going to win this match, maybe not necessarily the way that it happened in which case it looked like damage control even with Dakota Kai, with, with a bum leg and on crutches, was going to help Bailey win this cage match. And then we get the return of a Hall of Famer. Lita comes down, provides the distraction. She takes out Io off the side of the cage. She shoes Dakota away because she couldn't do a whole lot with Dakota because of the injury and provided enough of the distraction against Bailey to allow Becky to pick up the win. This was a match I was looking forward to two weeks ago. I thought Becky and Bailey delivered. That was not a question in my mind. I thought I knew they were going to deliver because they always do with one another. I thought it was a great cage match. I am still torn on the ending SP3 because, and correct me if I'm wrong, because we all know my memory is shit. I am the antithesis of you when it comes to remembering things. The last time, that Becky Lynch and Lita were in the ring together or on WWE programming together they weren't hugging and kissing and and you know there was no Becky Lynch doing the the Hardy boys dance and and all that stuff this was this was Lita coming after Becky's baby and Becky like trying to throw her like like it was a, a freaking Gollum and Frodo and he was trying to get his precious and Chuck Lita into Mordor, right? Like this is this is what these two were doing, and now all of a sudden Lita comes down and she's helping Becky and she's blowing her kisses and winking and putting her arm around her and saying "I got you." And Becky's doing her her Hardy Boys dance, which was adorable. It's great. I know in real life that these two are friends, and and Becky looks up to Lita, and you know she's considers her a, a mentor, right? Like it's it's all great. It's all there. You follow them on social media, no stretches needed whatsoever. I'm going to need a follow-up next week, SP3, on what has happened. I know a lot can change in a year, but this finish doesn't make any sense whatsoever considering the last time we saw these two working together.
0: Like they can, of course, make it better with like a promo being like Lita, you know, came back last year because she saw her friend Becky Lynn, someone that she viewed as a protege, uh, you know, uh, going down the wrong path. And she came back to set her straight. And, you know, now she sees that she's on the better path. So that's why she came back and had her back against Damage Control, who's been having the numbers game against her uh, since this past summer that's all fine and dandy, but there there are some Becky Lynch fans that are trying to tell us that that's the story when that's not the story that was told last year when Leader came back. Leader came back because she she felt revitalized after the Royal Rumble. She challenged Becky Lynch. She laid her out with the twist of fate. She got in Becky's head, and Becky started going a little bit crazy on the lead-up to Elimination Chamber before beating her, and we never heard from Leader again until this return here. So don't try to don't try to create the story let WWE let the, let the story play out let it play out just a yeah. little bit you know before we start putting in things that wasn't the story so i do agree with you they need to follow up After this and I'm very Interested in this matchup though Especially the rumored matchup of Lita, Becky Lynch and A in Canada Trish Stratus versus Mm -hmm. damage Control Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. for That I'm for that elimination chamber Because this elimination chamber card Is looking like an Attitude Era no way out card No way out 2001 Had Rock and Kurt Angle for the WWF championship it had Triple H and Stone Cold ending their near two-year storyline in a, in a you know, a three stages of hell matchup. Those type of cards, and it hasn't been to like 15, 16 years ago that they had cards like this, even with the Elimination Chamber, you know, uh, tagline about it. So I'm really down for this to kind of make this a stacked card and make people yeah. remember this pre-WrestleMania match. I'm totally fine with this being the direction.
1: Yeah, and I get everything about why this match would be happening at Elimination Chamber. Um, you know, this is, I think this would be a great kind of a fun blow off. It's a stack card, but like, I get it. Trish is Canadian, right? right. So you're going to put Trish in in Montreal. Sammy's getting the main event. N- natty, you know, qualify for Elimination Chamber. You're going to try and put as many Canadians on the card as possible. I get it. I'm totally fine with it. I'm looking at this and I'm going, God damn, like, Trish, Becky, and Lita versus Damage Can. Cont- that is a WrestleMania match. Like that. That is a WrestleMania. That is tailor made for Night One, Night Two WrestleMania match. Hall of Famers, legends, everything involved. Blood feud between Becky and 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 Bailey. Two of the all-time greats of our generation, and the two of the all-time greats of the previous generation. All involved. That's a WrestleMania match, and one that I would like to see at WrestleMania. Because even in her Hall of Fame career, Lita still only has one match ever at WrestleMania. And I would love to see her get on the card. You'd have to change whatever the women's tag team title match is going to be. Take the belts off of damage control, whatever. But man, if this ain't the WrestleMania match, what do you do with Becky and Bayley and potentially Trish and Lita as well once WrestleMania comes around SP 3 because are we just going to continue this and we're going to end up with Becky and Bailey inside hell of as hell in a cell or, you know, what, what could, are, do you see them stretching this out another six weeks?
0: I, I think they probably have to since both title matches seem locked up. So you're yep. not going to get Becky or Bailey in those. Uh, they could go the, the longer route of doing Becky and Lita, versus Damage Control for the Women's Tag Team titles at I'm Elimination back. Chamber. The and then, and then you know, Bailey is the reason why Damage Control wins. And then after the match, they're beating them down. And then Trish makes her return at Elimination Chamber to then set up the, the six-woman tag at WrestleMania. That's the direction I would go to spread things out and that Bailey and Becky have a real, you know, bona fide matchup. Because I'm sorry, Queen Monet, them doing a third singles matchup, at WrestleMania, I'm, I'm falling asleep already. That I mean, I'm all for non title women's matches, but you just had a steel cage match. Steel cage match historically has been a blow off match. It don't matter yeah. if it's the last woman standing, uh, uh, three stages of hell, it don't matter what type of matchup they do. I'm not that interested in it at this point.
1: The, the my only like my my other thought was to do, if you do the six-woman tag match, maybe you have uh, Becky and, and Lita challenge for the tag team titles, make it a triple threat match. You could do that at WrestleMania. But my only complaint at that point is, okay, what the hell is Bayley's match? When was the last time Bayley was on the card at WrestleMania? She missed last year because she was hurt. The year before that, she was inexplicably left off the card, even though she helped carry the damn company through the pandemic and had to basically wasn't even named the 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 freaking host of Wrestlemania when she should have been she had to basically steal that from Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil like Bailey deserves to be on the damn card. Like a
0: theme with, with Bailey's like, think about her WrestleMania career. Like you said, the the, the last two years. 2020, she was in like a, a random six-woman matchup for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yep. 2019, her and Sasha lose the WWE women's tag team yeah. titles. 2018, she was on the pre-show in the women's battle run and, and didn't even win the women's battle role despite turning on Sasha in the damn matchup. 2017, yep. she defeated. Defended and won the raw women's championship but everybody and their mama was like the obvious thing was to wait to do the title change at that show instead of doing it on a random episode of raw in february so like it seems like she has a
1: cursed wrestlemania career (sighs) it's unfortunate it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do then again, maybe they spice, they find a way, SP3, to, to spice up the, the Raw Women's Championship match and find a way to put Bailey and Becky in it and make it a fatal four way. They could do that. It's their show. They could write a and man. man I'm and I'm going to
0: ask, it. what was the point what? of doing a damn Elimination Chamber match? For what? Because For it's going to
1: slap. That's why. We'll get to the Elimination Chamber match here uh, as we dive into the five count in just a few seconds. But SP3, real quick, um, man. Sign me up for these kind of announcements. These kind of shows. I love to see major companies work with one another. Got a major announcement today from New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Multiverse United, March 30th WrestleMania weekend. Two matches announced: Will Osprey versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and Kushida against Josh Alexander. God damn SP three! Like what a what a goddamn weekend we got set up already. And now you like, add this, like they they they've tempted me
0: already to come early on a Thursday with Speedball <laughs> Mike Bailey versus Koto Obushi at Bloodsport Nine, and then they announced that my man Speedball Mike Bailey is versus Koto Obushi. And will Osprey mere hours apart? Are you kidding me? This is a matchup that I wish I would have listened to my missus when, when I was out in the UK and Speedball versus Osprey was at Rev Pro. My missus was like, You should go, you should go. And I was like, Well, I gotta do True Hill Heat that day. I don't know if I could do both. So I decided not to go. And I get the opportunity to see it again. I am going to try my best to be out there for Osprey versus. Speedball for Kashida versus Josh Alexander. Speedball by Billy. If you didn't know, now you know. WrestleMania 38 weekend, he was the MVP. This man had nine matches in three days for multiple different promotions, and now this, this, he's, he's versing two of the best wrestlers in the world, Will Ospreay, who pound for pound is the best wrestler in the world when you talk about having great matches, and Koto Ibushi, free at last, free at last, free lancer at last, Koto Ibushi in Bloodsport, oh my god, Speed, and then the following day, Speedballs versus Vikingo, oh my god, like, this is, it's going to be an insane weekend, I'm so glad Impact and New Japan have recovered their relationship, if you would have told me, like, five, six years ago, that New Japan and Impact were going to do a joint promotion, a joint promotion show, uh, for WrestleMania weekend, I would have slapped you in the face and said, that's disrespectful, because New Japan will never forgive Impact for what they did to Kajuka Okada over 10 years ago, but, now we're at a place where they have, you know, recovered the relationship thanks to Scott Damore, thanks to Rocky Romero, and I'm so glad they're doing this matchup. Those two matches are going to be amazing. Uh, like I said, Speedball and Osprey are two of the best in the world. Kashida back in New Japan versus Josh Alexander, who probably is the best wrestler that not a lot of people know about, being the Impact World Champion, the longest reigning Impact World Champion. Then they also announced Jeff Cobb versus Moose. If you want a big, you want to adjust uh, the position, of those two matches you got jeff cobb and Moose, two athletic big men in a hoss fight they're going to be jumping off the top rope at the same time this card is already stacked and it's only three matches in so i'm looking forward to this card to blood sport to joey janela spring break honestly I'm really just going to WrestleMania weekend for all the shows around it. Not really WrestleMania, <laughs> even though this will be the most
1: interesting WrestleMania in quite some time. In quite some time. And we will, uh,
0: we will have it all
1: covered for you right here on the uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. So make sure to hit that subscribe button if you are new to the show. We are continuing our climb toward 1000 hoping to get there by the end of the year did pick up a few followers in the past week so thank you guys so much for all of the support make sure to hammer that thumbs up button here on this episode guys uh really helps kind of drive up our audience more than you could imagine uh yesterday in our normal time slot i dropped my conversation with don't call me do drop piper niven uh that uh, dropped yesterday that is up there right now you can uh check that out or you can uh, read the write-up on CagesideSeats.com if you choose to do so. So thank you guys so much uh, for all of the support. More from Royal Rumble weekend is going to be coming out here soon. I'm still trying to see if I can get somebody to talk about Elimination Chamber next week. So just keep your eyes tuned to the channel here and check out my Twitter as well, at Rick for all of those announcements. Follow him as well, by the way, at TrueHeelSP3. Let's dive into this quickly, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. SP3, as we've talked about already today, this Elimination Chamber card is just off the chain, and It looks like an incredible show from top to bottom. I appreciate Triple H not treating this like a throwaway. And the most, like the match that I am most looking forward to is that Elimination Chamber match for the United States Championship. Like, I don't think that you could have set up a better six to go for the United States championship than what you have right now. Of course, Austin Theory is the champ. Seth Rollins, uh, Johnny Gargano, got Big Jonah in there as well. And then the two qualifiers that we saw this past Monday, I love my boy Angelo Dawkins, but I do think that they got it right, keeping the street profits separated. You had Damian Priest. Wasn't his best day at the office on Monday, SP3, but he deserves to be in here. And then we add in Montez Ford maybe potentially this is the start of montez ford's big singles push uh seriously i could pick five five out of six of these dudes could win this matchup and i will be absolutely 100% thrilled uh for for different reasons for all of them and i'm looking at what is coming ahead six weeks from now at wrestlemania and i'm going if austin theory is going to be wrestling john cena as the reports are would it be more beneficial to the rest of the roster and to WWE by taking the United States Championship off of him and setting up a another maybe multi-man match, get more talent involved, and showcase the United States Championship in a match that kind of doesn't need it in Cena versus Theory. So, number one here on the five count, SP3, should Austin Theory retain the United States Championship at Elimination Chamber or should one of the other five gentlemen win it?
0: Um I would love if this was the big moment that Triple H finally says oh yeah I remember when Johnny Gargano was the MVP <laughs> of NXT and wasn't a guy that I changed his music and now gets no reaction whenever he comes out because you you took away his signature music. And I would love for him to have the big performance and be the one to eliminate Austin Theory and then finish things off. David versus Goliath with him and Bronson Reed oh, and oh, him yes. beat Bronson Reed to become the United States champion. I feel like that's the best option outside of theory retaining but I feel like the better story for Theory and Cena, if that's the match at WrestleMania, is Theory being a young John Cena and being the United States champion. And, and even if you're not gonna have John Cena for much of the build-up, you can build it up as Theory's United States Championship Open Challenge at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania at yeah. And and then it gets accepted by John Cena, the man who created the United States Championship Open Challenge, or you can if you do You want to have, you know, you are able to get Cena for at least one Raw before WrestleMania. You can have them come out on the Raw before WrestleMania and say, I'm going to be the one that accepts the challenge. You're not, you've been called, you've been making little shots at me, saying you have ruthless aggression, saying the champ is here and all this stuff. So I'm going to verse you at WrestleMania. I feel like the story kind of needs the United States championship. And if Johnny Gargano does win, I don't think they're going to give him much of a story at WrestleMania and we might be in danger of once again, the United States championship is not even on the card. Like, I don't want to risk that. I feel like with theory, at least we have a direction of where they want to go with him at WrestleMania. So I think they should have him retain. I just don't think after his commentary and he listened to him very closely over the last two weeks, his cockiness is at an all time high and it feels like they're setting up for his downfall elimination chamber but the question is should and they should have him retain
1: yeah you make a very compelling argument i love the story again i love the the symmetry and the similarities you know young john cena old john cena all of that's great i I talked with uh austin theory about that at the royal rumble that that interview will drop uh here soon depending on if and when he drops the united states championship but um man i look at the other guys in this match and as uh uh, let's see as Javon brings up here uh, looks like Seth getting the belt back to face Logan Paul I don't think that match needs the United States Championship I, that I,
0: that, I, type, that match does not need the United States Championship at all
1: yeah I, I disagree with that Um, so I honestly Seth to me if I'm a betting man if I'm setting the odds like he's got the lowest odds to win this I just don't think it makes any sense I agree. to win this match whatsoever so you're looking at Austin Theory retaining and setting up that, that money scenario that you set up you talked about with John Cena, which is great. But man, then again, you look at a guy like Damian Priest, I think he could really, really use this and again, help further elevate Judgment Day. You look at Johnny Gargano, he desperately needs this. And I think you talk about the open challenge, I think he's the kind of guy who could bring that open challenge back. I know he doesn't have the storyline with Seth with, uh, with John Cena, but he's a guy who could do that and that could be his thing moving forward is he's the ultimate underdog. He's the fighting champion. United States open challenges every, every Monday night. I think Johnny Gargano is a guy who could fill that role and I think people would appreciate that for him. And if he beats bigger dudes like Jonah, excuse me, Bronson Reed all has the old heavens die hard. Like if you have him be that guy and do what you did with him in NXT organically, he will get over uh, again. And I, I think yeah. that would be a good thing. And it, it shows you you're invested in somebody like him. If you do put the United States championship on Johnny Gargano. I don't think Damian
0: priest should be that high. Cause I just had an epiphany. This is if he's healthy in a perfect world, They do at WrestleMania, the judgment days, Damian priest and Finn Balor versus edge and Randy Orton rated RKO. Give me that. Give me that match. Since Christian, since Christian is with another company, I know we we get Randall. Don't
1: tease me like that. Don't tease me like that. Uh, Bronson Reed is another guy I think who they, he, he's still relatively new, right? He's still in the getting to know you phase with the audience. Um, I could see him winning this as like, look, who's taking this big MFR out, right? Like that, that's going to be the most interesting part to me is how Bronson Reed gets beat. But then there's that other part of me, man, going let's belt Tez. Like, let's put this rock on Tez's back. So this rocket on Tez's back and let's start his ascent as a singles competitor, not even saying that he has to split from Angelo Dawkins. But if you watch their segment from raw talk this past Monday, Angelo's down on himself. Montez is celebrating. Angelo's giving him this kind of look like you motherfucker. Like I, I don't need your cocky ass coming to me right now. Yeah, you qualified. I didn't get the job done. Everybody's sitting here telling me you're the next big thing. And nobody's talking about Angelo Dawkins. The seeds can be laid for a street profit split. I still think there's more to do with them as a team. And I don't want to see that right now. But man, if you're not going to put them in the tag title picture, which they're not going to be in the tag title picture for a while. Like, God damn, do something with them montez ford is a star he's just waiting for the spotlight so if you if you're gonna have this be your your number one championship on monday night raw depending on where cody goes with the championship after he wins it at wrestlemania belting tez ain't a bad idea either and if theory retains i don't know what you do with these other four guys heading into wrestlemania i don't know what their stories are and eventually i think they're going to be left off the card if they're not i mean
0: um (laughs) <laughs> if he Don't do anything with Johnny Gargano here. I don't know if
1: he makes it to the WrestleMania card. I'm it's gonna be gonna be interesting, but I'm looking forward to that match. That is a guaranteed, certified humper. That is what that son bitch is gonna be uh, at Elimination Chamber. Our second Elimination Chamber match, SP3, is also set for uh, the number one contendership. We saw Natty qualify on SmackDown. That was kind of a duh when you remember that it's in Canada. And then the returning Carmella qualified on Monday. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I kind of thought that spot was Piper Nivens. It does kind of go to show you the depth of the Raw women's locker room when Piper Niven, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae can't even get into a number one contenders match. But SP3, let's be honest, when you look at the field here, it's kind of Asuka's to lose, as we talked about earlier. Is there anybody you see in this match potentially winning other than oscar she has got to be the heavy favorite right now yeah I, i'm i'm
0: I'm. queen monet we didn't we don't agree on the whole ripley and flair thing but i asked the same question as queen monet why is carmella in this matchup like you had three other interesting choices you could finally give me a yim something which he hasn't done much with Mia Yim, kind of like the Johnny Gargano story not, I was just talking about. He hasn't done much. It went down, yeah. Yeah, hasn't done much with uh, – is she even still a part of the OC at this point? That's uh, still
1: interesting you brought that up because I asked her about that Royal Rumble weekend. That'll be dropping here soon on the thank Weekend Processing channel. So thank you for the tease.
0: Uh, Candace Candice has something going with this whole Nikki, Nikki Cross situation But Piper Niven, you had a perfectly Good Piper Niven, fresh Off of the name change, fresh off Of looking good, getting a good reaction yeah. At Roar Rumble, and oh. you Decide to go to Old Hat Carmella. I'm, all, I'm I'm. thankful Carmella's back. I think that she, she is talented. She plays such a good heel and she played a role very well in the Fatal 4 way where she did the least amount of work and always tried to take advantage of everybody else's pins. I love that yeah. as her character. She works it very well, but she was the least most interesting option in the in that matchup. And you just put her in. And it's kind of similar with well, on SmackDown. I thought Shotzi, Shayna Baszler, and Zelina Vega were much more interesting options than Natalia. So the final two spots, after you just gave four women the other spots, the final two spots are given to the least most interesting options on both shows. They're so, there to lose. They, that, that's exactly. They're there to lose. They'll probably be. The exactly. Exactly. They will not, those two will not be winning this matchup. Nikki Cross has something going on with Candice LeRae. It took freaking Dexter Loomis drawing Candice a damn picture because she doesn't watch the damn show to realize that Nikki Cross (laughs) has been stalking her for months. (laughs) She's not going to win this one. Uh, Then you got Raquel, Liv, and and Asuka. It's like varying degrees of Liv live you know they can try to do something with live again but it's too too soon after that that botched title reign uh one of the one of the other eras of triple h since he came into power and then you got raquel raquel is a good option if you want to give someone new a big push and raquel and bianca is a fresh matchup but this is Oscar a bus and it's not even funny. Like if Oscar don't, doesn't win, I'm just going to be standing up here on believe the following, uh, follow a couple of days afterwards. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? Because I didn't like the booking of Asuka on Monday Night Raw. She should not be taking any offense from Chelsea Green. And the fact that she only won because Chelsea Green distracted herself with everyone around the ring. No, I thought that was a misstep to the greatness that was her re-debut at the Raw Rumble. Asuka shouldn't shouldn't be going five minutes with Chelsea Green. It should have went five seconds. We should have just saw those strikes. He puts her in the rings of Saturn, oh, wow. taps out
1: simple as that you I, I make asuka dis- look strong i kind of disagree with you right because asuka is going to look strong no matter what because but like this asuka isn't the she's not goro right like she isn't sh- you can hurt her right it, it, she this is no you, you, you should, should not you should so not be
0: able no 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 if this was asuka two three months ago yeah fine and dandy with her taking that little bit of oscar but this is the new oscar this is super sane oscar she should not be taking any offense from a woman who got eliminated in the quickest amount of
1: time in the women's raw rumble match no
0: no i I, I will not
1: accept over the top rope in two and three and a half seconds and then there's getting your ass kicked in five i think i think chelsea green losing in five seconds to oscar would have been detrimental to Chelsea Green like I think it would have been Detrimental to Chelsea Green
0: Who is No, she, I mean, no Her, her, her character is just Complaining that gives her Great reason to complain She complained oh, I wasn't ready I wasn't ready the referee rang the bell You made you made the surprise You know opponent for me I wasn't Ready at all she shouldn't be taking The first minute of offense Because she was ready no That's
1: not that doesn't fit in with the character I I, I have I have no problem with Chelsea getting a little bit of offense and to make her look at competent as a competitor. And because, then she because- she literally yeah.
0: distracted herself so Oscar could win. It wasn't it wasn't just Oscar overpowering her, it was the fact that Chelsea distracted herself
1: and now that's I, the reason why Oscar won. I'm not on board with the distraction finish. I'm on board with Chelsea at least looking like a competent competitor because I think this Karen thing gets old. If she's just going out there and getting her ass whooped week after week and doesn't look like somebody who could be a threat.
0: Thank you. That's a good question. Why was her first opponent, Asuka, if they wanted her to get offense? You should not be getting offense on this Asuka character. You don't matter how you spin it. It, it, oh, you, you know, you don't want to like make Chelsea
1: Green look bad. They already made Chelsea Green look better. Her debut. So what? What are we That's doing? Getting here. Dumped over the top rope. Anybody can get thrown over the top rope. That that those. But kind not things-
0: everybody gets dumped over the top rope in five seconds. You're They're right. literally, literally in the men's Royal Rumble. There's only been three guys who's been who's been dropped over the top rope either faster or in the same amount of time, and it was Wardlow, Bushwhacker Luke, and Santino Morella I'm sorry. When you're in that rate of fire area of company, yes you should not be getting any offense on this oscar
1: agree to disagree on that one but uh look i'll say this much man um two weeks ago i'm blasting triple h for his women's booking because it seemed like there wasn't really anything going on and then he takes like his his biggest women's match and he cuts it from the card right now all of a sudden i do see hints of things of, of i see hints of movement Right, I see things that are going on with, with Mia Yim and Candace LeRae. There's something going on there with Nikki Cross. It looks like Piper Niven's got a story to tell, uh, and she touches on that a little bit in my interview with her, so kind of check that out. Becky and Bailey got their thing going on. There are women's stories and things in the motion, and sometimes they intersect, and they, it, it still needs work, but I do see things moving in a positive direction. And now, SP3, we did have a, a, a premium live event over the weekend, in NXT Vengeance Day. And judging off the results of that show, SP3, I'm sitting here going, okay, this seems like graduation time. It seems like graduation time. Toxic attraction, they lose to to Roxanne Perez. I'm thinking, okay, let's call them up. They're ready to go. We're at the main event scene. You're you're looking at uh, help out the women's tag team division, I mean. And then you look at uh, Kaden and and Katana, who lost the tag team championships. And I'm thinking, okay, bring them up. They're fine. They're cool. Let's, let's add some people to the mix in this actual women's tag team division. Like, actually established teams. Let's add them to this women's tag team division on the main roster. It felt like graduation day, SP3. Then, um, nah, we're we're getting a replay of Shawn Michaels and, and Marty Jannetty uh, on NXT last night. And JC Jane, literally kicking the head off of Gigi Dolan's shoulders. I mean, if you haven't seen the picture of Gigi today, she got fucked up (laughs) from that boot. I don't know if the door was supposed to open or what, but she got slammed right into that mf -er. I, I don't understand splitting up Toxic Attraction, to be honest with you. I, I Again, I felt like they should have been up on the main roster on SmackDown and fighting for the women's tag team titles, and now they are split, and it looks like they're staying in NXT for a while.
0: If you wanted a hint of who's booking NXT, uh, Michael Hickambottom breaking up a tag team and, uh, and pretty much saying, hey, have you ever seen the barbershop window segment with me and Marty? Um, yeah, that's what we, I want you guys to do. I now the good side of this. I think JC Jane's going to be a really good heel on our own. She oh, has very good mannerisms and she's improved a lot over the last two years and Gigi Dolan was very much over at NXT Vengeance Day. There was dual chance of Let's Go Roxy, Let's Go Gigi. So she was the very over with that crowd, and I think she will make a very good baby face. I've seen her for years as Priscilla Kelly into what she's become with Gigi Dolan, and I'm I'm very confident she's gonna make a very good baby face, and this should be a good feud and have a showcase match at Stand and Deliver. But yeah, uh, <laughs> they would have been great to have on the. Main roster as a woman's Tag team and did you hear The reaction of the fans when they did Tease be going to the main roster And going after damage control That got the biggest reaction before The turn was them teasing that They were aiming at Bailey's crew And nope let's just Have them feud with each other Not the right call
1: Yeah I don't know if it's because they, they Think they already have enough depth which They do they have again there's A and lot then, of and then you. On. And then you brought up Caden and Katana,
0: and they teased like they were going heel. They're they're healing it up on Roxy, and setting up a match against the the babyface champion and yeah, Mako Santamoro, the legendary babyface.
1: I don't get it. Why does every tag team want a piece of Roxy? She you should be going after tag team titles. I, I feel like. I feel like all four of those ladies should have graduated, and instead they got sent to summer school. That's exactly what fucking happened, and JCJ said, fuck summer school, and fuck Gigi while we're at it. We ain't friends no more. She is going to be a great heel, though. I 100% agree with you on that. All right, let's change gears to uh, AEW real quick here, SP3, because your boy Eddie Kingston found himself in some hot water, whether that's kayfabe hot water or not uh did an interview this week where he uh very bluntly like look eddie's not one to to mince words at all but he said mjf's a piece of shit need to know why he is the aew world champion okay that's gonna generate some headlines right like that that's what we want we as interviewers we love hearing that shit right like okay give me a headline give me something to write up you think mjf's a piece of shit cool great i'm sure he has his reasons and he's going on Twitter saying, yeah, maybe the the, the the top brass didn't like that so much. But you know what? I don't give a fuck, SP3. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And people, I got my reasons. You don't need to know how the sausage is made. I'm paraphrasing at this point. But I digress. That man don't give a fuck. But it did kind of catch my attention that top brass may have been upset with, with Eddie Kingston calling MJF a piece of shit. He's we're not the first he's not the first one to say they got issues with with MJF in the media. And then he's saying Tony Khan is protecting his so-called pillars. And I want to put fear in the eyes of all your favorites. Should Eddie Kingston have been in some hot water with the top brass and AEW over those MJF comments? Or is this just Eddie being Eddie and like, let's just make some fucking money. What are we doing?
0: I will never say Eddie Kingston should be in hot water. Eddie Kingston is my hero. Eddie Kingston, if there was one professional wrestler who embodies the New York state of mind, it is Eddie Kingston. (laughs) Eddie Kingston makes me proud to be a New Yorker. It makes me proud that I've actually been to Yonkers. And I don't think I've ever been proud that I've been to Yonkers <laughs> and, ex- and experience how, young, how Yonkers people react or act like and know that Eddie Kingston is authentic to that. All this made me do is his comments calling MJF a real piece of shit, talking about how he treats the boys, talking about him walking out the company and how is he the champion and stuff. I love Eddie Kingston for all these comments because all it did was make me go online and say... Let Let's have a prayer circle that this is our AEW Grand Slam made event. two New Yorkers going at it in a sold out off their ass stadium in yeah. September. And I want to be in the media section. I, I, I might say after media, I might want to be on the floor for this <laughs> matchup because this is like the baby face gritty New Yorker versus the pompous suburbs New Yorker. And I need that as my Grand Slam main event. This is something that I've wanted ever since before MJF became the AEW World Champion. When it looked like he was next in line, give me Eddie. Give me MJF Grand Slam.
1: Yeah, look, and this is why I love this so much is because he could be working, he could be shooting, it could be both and I don't give a crap. I don't. This is this is highly entertaining. No, he should not be in trouble with 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 the with the top brass with Tony Khan for saying this. What he he should be doing is being rewarded for this and getting people intrigued in your product. Because that's what he's doing. He wants now all of a sudden you have an audience for something. You Tony Khan, you have something you can sell. So as soon as you're done making Brian Danielson jump through all these fucking hoops so he can get a match with MJF just to fucking lose, now you got something that people are going to want in MJF versus uh, Eddie Kingston. So yeah, put that some bitch in New York and just watch that place go nuts. Last but not least here, SP3, um, the Young Bucks got people talking this week in their bio that has since been deleted, right? I believe it was a bio bio change. They like to do that a lot drew attention seemingly to the fact that their aew contracts are set to expire at the end of the year i believe it said uh less than a year left crazy or something along those lines right
0: yeah. so, where did the time
1: go where did the time go okay um what are you making of the fact that the young bucks are seemingly drawing attention to the fact that their aew contracts are expiring and uh, the fact that They are set to expire in less than a year and an extension has not been reached because I feel like we've had reports about there have been negotiations going on about a contract extension, but they don't have one done yet.
0: Well, I I think, I think what was reported was that AEW is looking to lock them in, but there hasn't necessarily been negotiations as of yet. So I took the, the bio change as the young bucks being like, well, guys, like, we should be talking already. Uh, maybe on the you clock. should. Yeah, you're on the clock. Like, maybe we should get on this. Um, I know there's a lot of fans that will immediately be like, "Well, their their contract is expiring. They might follow in the footsteps of their other EVP and uh, go to WWE." But I feel like more than anything, the Young Bucks' legacy is attached to them becoming one of the greatest tag teams of all time without ever stepping into a WWE ring as their their truly, you know, realized form. Of course, they did, you know, guest. Spots and they were the fake DX and DX rivalry with John Morrison and the Miz almost like 12-13 years ago. But yeah. the young bucks that have gone to prominence that had all those bangers in Ring of Honor and, and you know revitalized the junior heavyweight division, tag team division in New Japan, and then used all that momentum to create being the elite and took ROH, you know, to bigger to bigger arenas and had that classic rivalry with the Hardys that. propelled the hardys back to wwe and then finally created all elite wrestling and it put on banger after banger every single wednesday night and on pay-per-views They never have stepped foot into the WWE in this fully realized form. And I think that that's a part of them and Kenny Omega's legacy that I don't ever want them to take that away. Even though the money will be tantalizing, they do have a good relationship with Triple H. There are things that can pull them in that direction. I think what I make of this whole situation is the Young Bucks basically saying that Tony Khan, AEW, you're on the clock and they, they will, you know, be able at the end of this year to hear what Triple H and WWE has to offer. So you should probably re-sign us immediately.
1: Yeah, look, I think um obviously that they're 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 putting somebody on the they're either they're either working us or they are, like you said, they're putting AEW on notice here. And I think at this point in the game, right? If you if you go a few more months here, it's not like it's not like Triple H or anybody would ever, you know, leak something to somebody's camp or, you know, throw out some hypothetical figures and, you know, at, at the very least, drive up the price for what Tony Khan is going to have to pay to keep the Young Bucks in in AEW. Yeah, it's um, not
0: like the Young Bucks are friends with AJ Styles or Finn <laughs> Balor or Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or, yeah, no. you know, a guy that created you know AEW with and had that show all in that changed the business. Oh yeah, Cody Rhodes. Yeah,
1: yeah. not like they friends with him or Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So I, I think the longer that this goes, the the more likely, or or at least the the steam is going to pick up on the rumors. And then you got the Young Bucks in the New Day talking about how man we would love to face each other and this, that, and the other thing. There's going to be those those kind of whispers and those kind of backs and forths. I love this shit, man. This this this. This is the time that I always wanted, right? That I was looking forward to the most. Everybody was all excited when the Keith Lees and the Adam Coles and the Brian Danielsons and the John Moxley's and everybody was was jumping ship and jumping on top to AEW. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, we're getting Ricky Starks backstage at the Royal Rumble. Oh, we got the Young Bucks talking about their contract situation. Let's go. This is the interesting part now where it's a two-way street when business is open in both directions. Sign me up for that. Before the Young Bucks come around, though, it's going to be very interesting to see what FTR chooses to do. That is going to be extremely interesting. If FTR goes back to WWE, maybe the Young Bucks are only eight months or so behind that. Very, very interesting. SP 3 what you got going on on the uh, True Heel Heat YouTube channel this week? Uh True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Earlier this week,
0: we did our NJPW The New Beginning in Sapporo nights one and two review that it's up on the channel right now. I'll be live there tomorrow at 12:05 p.m. Eastern time with Jimmy Akaram uh reviewing AEW Dynamite tonight. You got True Hill Heat 212 on Saturday, myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Mex of the Wrestle Things podcast. He's gonna be on the show joining us talking about this week in wrestling. So you can check. All those things out, plus, uh, you know, Fightful Overbook with FMC, uh, some other channel, Wrestle (laughs) Bitch or Binge, whatever it's called, uh, me, Rick, and Dutch Mantel
1: when Rick doesn't have to work fingers crossed baby i'll be on this weekend fingers crossed i kind of like to earn my paychecks it's just kind of who i am uh guys uh thank you guys so much for tuning in make sure to hit the thumbs up here on the video helps drive up our audience like i said and if you're new to the show if you like what you heard we got plenty more where this came from uh plus exclusive interviews so much more and i'm still working on a special feature uh i'm now like i was i was planning on debuting this like last november and then as sp3 knows my my life just got completely flipped upside down and and real person but now i feel like things have stabilized and i can start working on this special feature and it's going to debut soon i just got to go to the grocery store first interesting why do i need to do that stay tuned you'll find out here on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel check out my conversation with piper niven i'm hoping to have some special stuff next week we'll also have our elimination chamber prediction show coming out next week there's so many reasons to subscribe it's just a click away folks just a click away Follow me on Twitter at Rick Uchino, follow him at True Heel SP3. We will be back in our normal time slot Tuesday next week, 2:15 live chatting with y'all. Enjoy the rest of your week, enjoy wrestling. This is Believe in Person Podcast, brought to you by Online.